Thank you so much for joining us today. We would love to know how this ministry is touching your life. Please take a moment and visit NBCOcala.com stories to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to help support the ministry financially, you can give online or through our mobile giving app. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. Man, help me welcome our internet family, if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Hey, just a couple of things real quick. Uh, I don't know if you heard or not, but there's an election coming up and, um, and pretty complex. Um, I'm going to be doing a message on Sunday, November the 6th. That's the Sunday before the general election day. Um, and we're going to try to get some biblical perspective and insight and encourage you on some things there. Um, also on our website, uh, we posted this week some election resources, a number of resources you can go to. We're not trying to tell anybody how to vote or who to vote for. I do encourage you. You have the right to vote for whoever you want to from the White House on down. You have that right. But I feel that we have a responsibility uh, as a church, as a pastor, as a voice of righteousness to, to make sure you understand biblical world, uh, a biblical worldview. And uh, so we're sharing some information on that. I'll be doing that also in the message. Hopefully that will assist you in making some pretty tough decisions that we have to make this year. Um, It's not that we've never had uh, two flawed candidates. These might be the most flawed, I'm not sure. But but what we do have too is just the the intense scrutiny and then everybody in the country feeling they can post and, you know, we've got opinion overload way beyond information overload. And so uh, it's a time that we need discernment. I said, it's time we need some discernment. So we're going to endeavor to help you every way that we can there and uh, certainly be, be uh, prayerful about that. Also, just a, a couple of weeks ago, we shared with you Vision Day and shared with you some things coming up that we believe God has put on our hearts to do. And uh, part of... Um, what we need to do with vision is to make sure that you're aware of it and that, as the scripture says, that it is plain to you. So we're doing a, a number of uh, efforts to make that happen for you. We have these vision cards that we have given out. Those are available at guest services. On the back are the five initiatives, Kingdom Builders, Next Steps, which is our assimilation discipleship process, Dream Team Central, Kids Halls and Special Needs, and that involves some moving around of some classrooms and some renovations that will take place. And then also we're going to, within the next uh, 18 to 24 months, launch another Meadowbrook campus somewhere within our county. And so we're praying and starting work on that. We also, to um, uh, we had the video, uh, and this is the script of the video, that we passed these out so that everybody could have that to be familiar with, to pray over. And uh, you can put these in your Bible, hang it up on the fridge, whatever you want to do there. Uh, Also, we have a massive one of these out in the hallway out there. We just want to keep it in front of you. And then tied to that, um, remember that vision is a God-given goal. It is attainable through the plan, through the power, and through the provision of God. And speaking of provision, um, on Sunday, November the 20th, we're going to have at the end of service a special uh, mission, uh, missions, vision offering on that day, vision offering. And we're just asking all of you just pray and ask God what he would have you to do. No pledge cards, no, no pressure, no any kind of thing like that. I just believe, and we've done a number of initiatives like this. If all of us will just say, Lord, what do you want me to do? And he'll speak to your heart concerning that and uh, the needs will be met. 
What we're needing to do is get ourselves ready so that we can start to launch the special needs ministry, get the secured classrooms, uh, children's classrooms, and rework the uh, workspace for Dream Team and for staff. And so we want to be able to go ahead and fund that. And so that would be something to be praying about. And then uh, we'll be doing that offering on uh, November 20th. Amen? Amen? Everybody say November 20th. And uh, how many of you know we're not, even give a, we're not even giving what is our own? What we give comes from God. And so if God would move on your heart to do something, God will certainly provide to do that. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, we're going to dive in this morning and um, get back into this teaching on prayer. I've taught a lot on prayer. Prayer is a very important part of my life. But I've asked the Lord, especially in this series, to show us some fresh handles, so to speak, concerning prayer And I believe that he's helping us to do this. If you were not here last week, or even if you were, go back and listen to the message on fight to pray, pray to fight. Some very important principles there that I believe will help you um, concerning, concerning prayer. Today I want to talk about the approach of prayer. How do we even approach prayer? How do we even approach God? Let's start out in Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. I need to make sure you're there. Are you you out there? Okay. So here we go. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 Let us, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace that we, say that's me, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And this is really a picture of what happens with prayer is that we approach God and it is his throne of grace and it is there that we find our help, that is there that we find the mercy that we need for our failures, the grace for our for our issues and our, our challenges, and, the, and it's very timely as well. But notice it says, come boldly. Everybody say, come boldly. Uh, other translations, and in the New Testament Greek, it brings out the idea of with freedom and with confidence that we can come. It's not based on our performance. It's not based on the fact that you had a perfect attitude all week. How many would admit you did not have a perfect attitude all week? All right, good. Honest people, that's good. Some of you, I don't know what your deal is. All right. But we can come boldly. Um, I believe it was 2010, Pastor A.R. Bernard, uh, he's one of my mentors. He's actually going to be with us in November. He invited me to come up uh, to New York, and he was hosting with Soledad O'Brien. She's a news lady. They were co-hosting a night of inspiration a concert at Carnegie Hall. So I thought, I'm in. So um, I took my middle son, Joshua, with me. And so we we flew to New York and and, uh, he said, make sure you're dressed sharp. He said, this is quite an event. So we we dressed up, you know, we were there. And I'm early for everything. I mean, my family mocks me shamelessly, but I'm early for everything. And um, so we got uh, we, we got there, and this is the other part. He said there's going to be a reception before the concert and a reception after by invitation only, and you are my guest. So I said, okay. So he said, like, I said, so who's going to be there? And he said, well, um, Michael McDonald. Y'all know? Taking it to the... F- okay, y'all with me? <laughs> um, Fred Hammond. B.B. and C.C. Winans. Felicia Rashad. Uh, Ray Chu. I mean, there were just, just a whole bunch of these people. And I said, we're going to be with them. And he said, yeah. So he said, there'll be a reception. So we get there, Joshua and I get there and we're standing there. There's nothing but the caterers and us. 
And then one of Pastor Bernard's staff came in that I knew, and, and his name's Mark, and, and he said, Pastor, so good to see you. And he said, listen, make yourself at home, act like you belong here, eat the food, and enjoy the company. And he said, they'll they're all be in in just a little bit. So we're just standing there and got a little finger food. All of a sudden, this voice comes up right behind me, and I turn, and this lady says, hi, my name is Felicia. It was Felicia Rashad. And I went, So we ended up, you know, just enjoying finger food and, you know, milling about with all these people. And here was, here was the thing. It's kind of some rare air, you know what I'm saying? And, but we were invited to come. And we were told to come freely and confidently and act like it was our place and eat the food and enjoy the company and act like we belong there. Y'all with me? And I'm not making too much of celebrities, but that was, kind of a, that was kind of a cool thing. Well, on a wholly different level, we're invited to come boldly and to act like we belong there and make ourselves at home and eat the food and enjoy the company and bring, our, and bring our request to a holy and living God. And that's kind of the picture that I get that I really don't fit in here. I really don't belong, but yet you're invited to come in and you make it your place. And that's what God has made a way. Jesus has made a way so that we come, we can come into that place of prayer. Are you with me so far? So we approach, and like I said, I want to call this the approach of prayer. We approach God, and as we approach him, as we come near to God and kind of mentally think of this, then what? Well, then we address God. We address God. We don't just stand there. We, we address God. And this is the beginning of prayer. This is the opening of prayer. And, and listen to me on this. This is so important. This sets the tone and the energy of prayer. This prepares your faith and your expectation in prayer. This probably be, could become or could be the most vital and most important part of prayer as we approach God is how we address him. Let me, let me also say that as we address God, as we approach God in prayer, that you don't rush it. You don't rush it. That you take your time. That you don't minimize it. But we actually become very cognizant, very intentional, very deliberate, uh, very aware of what we are doing as we approach God and as we address God. So think about it. Who are we speaking to? You know, when we're about to talk to God, we're not talking to an answering service or an answering machine. We're not talking to a receptionist or an assistant manager or a regional director. We are talking to God. We're coming before God, a holy God, an awesome God, a sovereign God, eternal God, who is the creator and he is the redeemer. And we're going to, we have been given the right to come and to speak freely with him. So how do you, how do I address, what do we say? How do we address this holy, sovereign, eternal, almighty God? What do we say? So in Luke chapter 11, Jesus said, so he said to them, when you pray, when you pray, say, come on, help me, our father. And then he goes into what we know as the, as the Lord's prayer. But Jesus said this, I want you to get this. He said, when you pray... Because they just said, teach us to pray. So Jesus said, when you pray then, say, come on, our Father, our Father in heaven. So we gather from that. Now get this. He has given us the right and the privilege 
to come into the presence of the majesty of God. He's also given us the right and the privilege to actually address God as Father. Now, he has adopted us into the family. It's important you know this. He has adopted us into his family, and then he has made us co-heirs with his only begotten son, Jesus. So we come into the full rights and privileges of being a son and a daughter of God. We did not earn that. This is a privilege that has been given to us by God himself. So when we address the Father, when we approach him, Jesus said when you do that, he said you should address him as as Father. Um, He teaches consistently and refers to God in these terms. You ready? Your heavenly Father. And we see here our Father in heaven. I think all of that taken together helps us to kind of uh, prepare ourselves and, and to approach in a right way that he is my heavenly Father. The Apostle Paul writes of God and our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Paul also refers to God as the Father of glory. In Ephesians chapter 3, look at this. Paul said, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We've been brought into that family. We've been adopted into that family and we are not an outsider. He doesn't make us sleep in the garage. We've been brought in and treated as family, co-heirs. We are in the family. And, And Paul said, I bow my knee before the father of all of this family. So when we approach God, God almighty, and when we address him, I want to encourage you, and there are many, many titles and names that we could address God with, but I want to encourage you to to go the way of Jesus, to go the way of Paul, and to address God as Father, as Father. Here's, I, I was thinking and identifying in my life, I refer to God often in prayer as Father God, and then also as my Heavenly Father. So my Father God, and you say, well, I call him this, I call him that, and that's fine, that's fine. I'm not taking any of that away from you. I'm not saying you have to do it this way. But if we see Jesus saying, when you pray, pray this way. And when we see Paul in his prayers and reference to God our Father and in prayer, I think we do well. It forms something in our own thinking and in our own approach. Instead of this far off sovereign God, and he is sovereign, but as we approach him to know that he is my Father God, he is my heavenly God. Father. Y'all with me? Some of y'all are looking at me like I'm reading the phone book or something. Okay. This is good for us. And this helps in this important approach in prayer. So make much of who God is. Make much of this. Make this huge in you that this is my heavenly father. I have, I did not deserve There's no way in my own right that I could even approach God, but I've been given this access and he is my heavenly father. He is my father, God. Are you with me? Make much of that. Make much of God. Also, you may want to include other titles of God. God reveals himself through his names and and the scripture is loaded with different names and titles of God. Add in adjectives of 
you know, how he is holy and how he's patient and how he's powerful and how he's flawless and how he's faithful. And, and, and you can add those things in, but I would keep at the core of it that he is my heavenly father, that he is my father God. Make sure that it's not just words. You know, one of the dangers in, quote, religion is that we just learn things and we memorize things and we just do things. And make sure that our approach to him is not just words. Make sure that we get the weight of that. Make sure also that it's not just by rote, you know, but rather it's by revelation, that you have some revelation that I am now approaching a holy God and he's given me the right to, to call him, the privilege to call him my heavenly father. Make sure when we address God though too, and I'll, I'll go back into a story here. Shortly after we'd started the church, a number of people helping us out do some things. And I was with a, a, a guy before service and I said, um, hey, I'm gonna pray before service. Would you, why don't you pray? And so he started praying and this is just a snippet of his prayer, Okay. He said, Father God, we thank you, Father God, for this day, Father God, that, Father God, it's going to be a great day, Father God, and help Pastor Tim, Father God, and just, Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, y'all follow me? I I think 71 times (laughs) before, before I finally just said, bro, stop. And he said, what, you okay? And I said, I can't take it. And he goes, what? And I said, I don't think you're listening to yourself. I said, and it's just so distracting. And I said, I think you need to slow down and just kind of listen. And let's just say his name was Bob. I said, what if I went, Bob, so Bob, how today, Bob, lunch, Bob, you know, and just Bob, 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 but I don't know where that came from. I said, I think you need to slow down in this. And I think we need to slow down in prayer and make sure we're not just rushing through things and saying things by rote or or by memorization or whatever else, but make it very, very meaningful. Don't get on autopilot. The other day I was at the grocery store and um, I picked up a few things and I'm up at the cashier and I don't know how they do it anyway because it's like boop, 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 boop. I think when they go home, they probably still hear that boop, 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 you know. And I'm at the grocery store and, and uh, I got everything up on there and she starts to ring everything through and she goes, did you find everything you're looking for today? And I said, uh, I think so, thank you. 30 seconds later, did you find everything you're looking for today? I think so. <laughs> Third time, 20 seconds later, did you find everything you're looking for today? And I thought, um, somebody needs a break. <laughs> Actually, this is what I said, and I hope this wasn't too cheeky. I said to her, thoughtful of you to ask. <laughs> she didn't get it. <laughs> but I think sometimes in prayer, we must be very, very careful in how we approach it, especially depending on your background, how you came up, uh, whatever your religious tradition would be. Sometimes we can get into some things and we're not even thinking about what we're saying. And instead we need to realize we are, we are praying, we are addressing, we're approaching a holy God. Remember I shared with you last week that part of the fight to pray is to pray, is, is to fight for focus. 
is to be able to focus. So be intentional about this. Slow down a little bit. Maximize this that I'm entering the presence of God. I would dare say it's probably the most important part of prayer is how we approach and how we address God. Can we get a good amen this morning? Now, let me give you something else here. Always stay in awe. Always stay in awe. Um, thankful for the privilege to prayer, but always be in awe. I, I love this phrase, holy wow. You should just really have in you the awareness, the revelation of what you're getting to do and where your help comes from and the privilege that we have. And then always stay in awe of God. That's why some of you need to get outside more and see a sunrise and see a sunset and see some little baby horses scampering around in, in a paddock and, and just to see because creation tells of its creator and just like, holy, wow. Could we practice that? Holy, wow. You know, and that's not just over a dessert that's good. Holy. I, I think it should be for, for some other things, but stay in awe of God. Look at this in uh, Jeremiah chapter 32. Look, at, look what the prophet says. He says, ah, Lord God, behold, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. There is nothing too hard for you. And when we stay in awe of God, it will keep your faith strong and it will keep your prayers powerful. Stay in awe of God. Also always do this. Always ask the Father. Next. <laughs> always ask the Father in Jesus' name. Read that with me. Always ask the Father in Jesus' name. That's your only way to the Father. It is through him that we're able to come. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I'm the door. He says, no one can come to the Father but by him. Then we see in Ephesians uh, chapter 2, verse 18. For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. It's through him that we have access to the Father. So always ask the Father in Jesus' name. Jesus himself instructed us this way in John chapter 15. He says, whatever you ask the Father, in my name he may give you. Look at this in uh, John chapter 16, verse 23. Truly, truly, I say to you. It means I'm not joking you. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask who? The Father, how? In my name, he will give it to you. So we're, a, we're to ask the Father in Jesus' name. Now, look at me for this. Say his name when you do this. Say his name. What is his name? Jesus. Jesus. Say the name. Say the name. Don't just describe the name. Too often, you know, I'll hear people, and I'm not a prayer critic. I'm not the prayer police, Okay. But I, I want you to have a powerful prayer life. I want, I want you to have a, a meaningful prayer life. I want you to have a prayer life that is so full of the life and the breath of God that we don't, that we don't you know, find ourselves on some fringe things or missing out on the things that really give us power. So when you pray, when you ask the Father in Jesus' name, Jesus said, ask in my name, but he didn't say, describe my name. And sometimes I hear things like this. People say, I pray all these things in your holy and matchless name. Is his name holy and matchless? Yes, it is. 
descriptive of his name, adjectives of his name is holy and matchless. But what is his name? Jesus. So you can say that. You could say, I pray all this in your holy and matchless name, but don't miss out on the name, Jesus. Or I've heard this, I pray all this in your precious son's name. Is he precious? Is he the son of God? Absolutely. But that's just descriptive of that. What we want to make sure, and that's okay to add, but let's make sure that we use his name, Jesus. I've heard this, we pray this, all this in the name of your son, our savior. Is, is he his son? Is he our savior? Absolutely. And we can add that. But don't miss out on the power of his name. Perhaps this will, this will show you. What if I had a, a keypad here and I had to have a code to get in the door? Okay. And what if I go up and it says use the code to get in. And I go up instead of using the code, I describe the code. It's numbers. It's four numbers. Three of them are odd and one is even. (laughs) Two of them are kind of rounded. And the other two kind of have sharp angles. You're never going to get in. Use the code. Two, four, six, eight. Whatever it would be. Punch in. Use it. And Jesus said, pray in my name. He didn't say describe my name. And there's nothing wrong with describing his name. But don't fail to use the matchless name of Jesus. And, and to use his name, Jesus, that's almost like shorthand for all of the greatness of his divine person, of all his incredible ability, of his saving work. It speaks of all that is vested in him when we use the name of Jesus. Everybody say Jesus, if you will. How many of you remember mail, like postal mail? Remember that? I think it's still a good idea to send a card and a note to people now and then. Handwritten. Serious. It's charming. It's powerful. Um, But all of you know what I'm talking about, though, okay? Because I know some of you. I don't do anything unless it's digital. Well, welcome to my world. Um, I want to show you here. Let's say that a letter, that our prayer is actually sending a letter to God. And so it's from me, from where I'm at. And, and you address it to my heavenly father. And when you ask the father in Jesus' name, it's like sending something. You remember this? In care of. In care of Jesus, heaven, and, of course, Meadowbrook stamp. <laughs> so when we do this, when I pray, this is, in essence, what I'm doing. Lord, it's me, and I'm right here. And, and you send your request your petitions, what you're asking God in prayer to help you with, it's to my heavenly father. But Jesus said, do it in this way. Do it in my name. You're sending it in care of him, which, which actually just means this. Jesus, make sure that it gets to the father. Make sure that it gets to the father. Understand that the father is seated on the throne. The Holy Spirit is here in the earth with us to help us and in us. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And watch this. First John 2, 1, it says that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. In Ephesians 1, uh, verse 20, it says, And God seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. In Hebrews 8, 1, it says he is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens. 
Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. We're praying to the Father, our Father in heaven, our heavenly Father. And Jesus is seated at his right hand. And Jesus said, whatever you ask, ask the Father in my name. So when we pray, you ready for this? Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Do you know what he's doing at the right hand of the Father? He's opening the mail. For real, it's like that. It's like he's opening the mail, and here's what he does. Father, we've got one here from Pastor Tim. And God doesn't groan. Great, him again. You're kidding, right? No. Guess who loves me? Y'all, God loves me. Guess who's for me? Jesus. And so when Jesus represents me before God, presents my request before the heavenly father, guess what? You've got to realize this. He said, I want you to call him your heavenly father. And I'm your advocate with the father. And so when we pray, it's like Jesus is opening the mail. This is from Pastor Tim. Remember how much we love him? Remember how much we've, we've done for him? That I shed my blood for him? He belongs to us. We adopted him, remember, Father? And, and everything that belongs to me, Jesus said, that belongs to him too. And then for him to not only just present my request, but represent me before my heavenly Father. That's a powerful thing. And guess what? That's how. That's how prayer becomes powerful. That's how power comes. That's how answers come. That's how help comes. That's how change comes when we're able to pray in that way. Here's the important thing. We must get our prayer to there. We have to get our prayer to there. Look at this in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 7. Therefore he, Jesus, is able to save. This New Testament Greek word here for save means to complete, to help, to deliver, to protect, to make whole, therefore he is able to save completely, watch this, those who come to God through him. We go to God through him, come to God through him because he always lives, watch this, to intercede for us. Jesus right now, the full heartbeat of his life is to intercede before, before the Father on our behalf. Don't make this hard. This is an incredible heavenly privilege given to us that we're able to take what happens in life. And he says, you don't have to come and act like a stranger. You don't have to stand outside. He says, I want you to come boldly in, approach your heavenly father, feel free. You have the right, the privilege to call him my father, God, my heavenly father. And he said, and when you ask, ask in Jesus' name. The only way to the Father is through him. But Jesus is here, and he says he's able to save those who come to God through him, and he ever lives. This is what he's full-time doing right now, is presenting us, presenting our requests before our Heavenly Father. We've just got to make sure we get our prayer to there. And as we get our prayer to there, I'm telling you what, that's the most powerful part of prayer. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Thank you for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.